Hey everybody, welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Hey, good morning church. Good to have you here worshiping. Somebody knows me by name who said, hey, good morning, Tim. Somebody over there. Yeah, there you are, Ronna. How are you doing? And uh, <laughs> only one, yeah. One of you guys knows my name. Uh, Psalm 27. I'm Tim, by the way. Now you all know me. But let's look at Psalm 27. We're talking about what David knew. And uh, today we're looking at Psalm 27. And as Michael's prayed for us, Lord, we're just grateful for your word. We're grateful that you open your word to us. Help us to see Jesus as we approach your scriptures. In Jesus' name, the church said... Amen. Psalm 27 of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of a sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, for you have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my, what? Savior. Way to go. Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. And wait for the Lord. We're grateful for God's word. Amen? What a word from the Lord. We're talking about what David knew, finding Jesus in the Psalms of David, and today we see that David knew a Savior. On March 8th, 2020, uh, we worshiped together here. And in the sanctuary, our, our choir came in and sang for us. They sang, a, they sang a song called, Jesus, the One and Only. And then they, you know, they went home and got in their cars, drove home, like you do. They came on Wednesday, they rehearsed for, uh, for church on, on Sunday. And then on Friday, March 13th, we had to call everybody and say, no, you're not coming in. We can't be together that way. And little did anyone know, I mean, who could have imagined that it would be a year and two months later that we would welcome back our sanctuary choir. Friends, today we welcomed back our signature sanctuary choir, Big Blue, 
In fact, here's a little piece of that. I wanted to share that with you. I don't know if you know Big Blue or if you know the choir over there in the sanctuary, if you've worshiped over there, but this is a day for us to celebrate, church. It's a day to celebrate, all of us, because of, of God's faithfulness to bring us through a season. And, uh, and what you couldn't really hear was the, the congregation on the floor just kind of hooting and hollering and falling out of their seats and, and um, to see the choir again. We're grateful. You see, when we went into this crisis a year ago, we said we need to say two things coming out of the other side of it. We need to say that first pres, hey, we never dropped the mission that Christ has for us. We never dropped the mission. But number two, we need to say coming out of it, we showed our city and our state and our county that we were willing to sacrifice our personal preferences to demonstrate love and well-being for those around us. These two things we needed to say. And friends, what I'm declaring today is first pres, we did it. We did it. Glory to God. We did it. And you did it. We celebrate today. I went to the gym on Monday morning. And that's not the remarkable part of the story, so don't. But I went to the gym. And, um, and as I drove up to the, to the gym, the front door had a sign on it, a little paint printed sign. Anybody want to guess what it said? No. That's what it said all year, Right? And so what was cool on Monday was I drove up there, I got out of my car, I went up there and I was looking for the mask, I had my mask on already, right? And I walk up to the door and it said, no more masks, exclamation point. Woo! I tore that thing off, threw it on the ground. If you have never run on a treadmill, huffing and puffing and sweating and spitting, and like I do if I'm running, uh, into a paper mask, let me tell you, you're fine. You don't need to go do that. You don't need to experience that. It's so gross, right? So it was such a joy. Man, I ran like, I don't know, 10% further. And not a huge thing, but, uh, but I ran a little bit more <laughs> because I was free. Friends, we're approaching the end of this thing, and we're stronger for it. But here's the important part. I mean this now. Whatever you've been through this year, don't leave this crisis unchanged. Don't walk out of this fire unpurified. Don't quench this forge. You know that show where they make stuff out of steel and whatever? And they're forging it, forging it, and then they dip it in. They quench the forge. You have been in the fire. You've been in the furnace. You've been heated up to to glowing red. Do not quench this forge without being tempered and strengthened. Why? Because I believe God is going to use this church. He's going to use his church to do things in the next season that we're only going to see once in our lifetime. Big, amazing things. And I want you ready. I want you leaning forward. I want you praying for it. Today is something the church calls Pentecost Sunday. It's this annual celebration of a moment in Acts chapter 2 when the early church was gathered and the Holy Spirit poured out on the church and it made everybody behave a little bit differently. It was like the Spirit was like fire warming up the church. The presence of God, it made a difference in everybody's life that was there. And the Spirit of God still pours out. 
You see, the Spirit of God still brings the church to birth and new birth and new birth again and again and again. And so we are recognizing and praying for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And I believe we are about to see an outpouring of the Spirit of God. I mean, how many times do you live through a global pandemic? where everybody's foundations have been shaken, where everybody's heart has been rattled. And how many times in your life will you have the opportunity to preach the gospel into that? So I'm asking the church to pray and be ready for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Some of you walked in here today, dead men and women. You can't feel what others are feeling. You can't see what others are seeing. You can't hear what they hear because you're spiritually dead. I want to help you. The Lord wants to meet you today. Some of you are logged in. You're worshiping with us at home. You don't know why. And you feel dead inside. Walking dead. At the end of this message, I'm going to give you time to speak yourself to Jesus. And you are going to exchange your deadened life for the life that Jesus Christ has won for you on the cross. And you will, for the first time, know the life that is truly life, the life that is won by the victories of Jesus. And you will have new life again in his name. I believe it's happening. We're talking about what David knew, studying and looking for Jesus and finding Jesus in the Psalms of David. And today is Psalm 27 when David knew he needed a Savior. And last week, Pastor Michael talked to us about Psalm 51 when David hit his knees looking for forgiveness from the Lord. He needed it so badly. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean, he said. This is verse 7. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Create in me a pure heart. He prayed. David's sin was so deep. It was so pervasive. He had made such a, he had made such a, a mess of it, you know, that it was all the, the, the repercussions of it, the ripples of, of his errors were so deep and wide, so broad, that he knew that he couldn't make up for it. And he couldn't, he couldn't repair it. And he looked across from his palace at the Temple Mount where the priests were making their sacrifices and going through their ceremonies and something in his mind knew a hundred bulls isn't going to do this. The blood of a hundred goats isn't going to make me clean again. He said, sacrifice and offering, Lord, you do not require. Uh, The next verse, please. Back on the slides, thank you. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. So what did David do? Well, he threw himself on the mercy seat of God. He said, my sacrifice, O God, verse 17, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. He just threw himself on the mercy seat of God. What? In hopes that even though all the blood of these animals is not going to do it, in hopes that there might be a future sacrifice, an atoning work, a perfect sacrifice, a Savior. Hebrews says, In Hebrews chapter 10, if we can go to that slide, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins, it says in Hebrews. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, 
Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but what? A body you prepared for me. You prepared a body for me, says Jesus, and I'm gonna take that body to the cross. And then it goes on to say, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for what? Once for all. It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take it away. But there's a perfect sacrifice. Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Lamb of God. What David knew is that he needed a Savior. And he found it in the Lord. Or the Holy Spirit just gave him enough of a glimpse of what was coming that he found that the Lord would bring, he believed the Lord would bring a Savior, an atoning sacrifice. And he put all his faith in that. Look at this, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? My salvation, he says. The Lord is my salvation. My salvation. You know what that is? That phrase is in Hebrew. It's Yeshua-i. My Yeshua. Are you catching that, folks? Do you know what Yeshua is? One, two, three, say it. Jesus! We're finding Jesus in the Psalms of David. The Lord is my salvation. Yeshua-i. And then he says, okay, the Lord is my salvation. He's a stronghold. Who am I supposed to be afraid of? Because I'm not just walking in the dark here. We could have that verse up. It'd be helpful. We, I'm not just walking in the dark here. I'm walking in the light of the Lord. I'm walking in his light. And so if I'm walking in his light, I'm not just stumbling forward. I've got the light of my salvation. So, so whom should I fear? And the Lord is, is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? See, it's like, uh, wasn't there something I was supposed to be scared of? Wasn't there something I was supposed to be really afraid of? Because to tell you the truth, I can't even remember what it was. Why, David? Because the Lord is my salvation. He's the stronghold of my life. I'm with the Lord. Friends, there is such a thing, I want you to know, as peace with God in the middle of turmoil. There is such a thing as peace with God with God in your inner self in the middle of whatever is going on. It's like Paul said in Romans, for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither present nor the future nor any powers nor height nor death nor anything else in all creation, nothing will be able to separate us from, from what friends? The love of God. He can't separate us from it. That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what this psalm is about. Peace with God in the middle of, of all kinds of turmoil. You see, it goes on to say, when the wicked advance against me to devour my flesh, to, to eat me up, it's my enemies, my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Not confident in myself confident in my Lord you see imagine imagine like an army coming over the hillside coming at you and what it's saying is even though an army kind of runs at me they will stumble and fall imagine this army coming over and then the front guy like trips 
Then the whole, it goes like dominoes, like a wave. And the whole army is just splayed out, you know, uh, face down in the mud. You're like, what? That's what, the, that's what this psalm is saying. Or like David and Goliath. See, David, he remembers that. I could stand in front of a nine-foot giant. I've got just like a little sling. But I'm not scared. It's not self-confidence. I'm confident in the Lord. He's the stronghold and salvation of my life. And then we come to verse 4. Here's your underlinable, your memorizable. Church, let's read this together this morning. Verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. One thing I ask. One thing I seek. This is the power of having the Lord as the priority of your life. Martha, Martha, Jesus said. You're worried about all kinds of stuff. You're upset about many, many things, but few things are needed. In fact, only, what? Only one. It says, focus on me. Focus on Jesus. One thing, says David, do I seek. Now he says, one thing do I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord, to gaze on the beauty, seek him in his temple. So what's going on here? He also says that God saves me, keeps me safe in his tent. Verse 5, from the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Is it a temple or a tent? I mean, those are two different things, right? So what's going on here? Well, the tent is, is not just an ordinary tent. It's the tabernacle. It's this tent that was the presence of the sacrifices and the nearness of God that traveled with the people all through the Exodus that Moses had, had coming along with the people of God. That was how they knew God was with them. They focused on that tent. Well, now David, at the end of his life, late in his career, he's standing, I believe, in his palace and he's looking out at the temple mount where the, the holy things of God and the holy works of God and the priests and the Levites are all doing their thing and he looks over there from this beautiful, luxurious house uh, house you know that he's built he looks over and he sees they're doing all that still in a tent he gets this vision i want to make a temple but the lord stops his hand he says that's for your son solomon not for you but david he longed to be in that place but what was it that he wanted it wasn't a building he wanted See, the temple or the tent or whatever else, it's a place of communion with God. It's a place of knowing the presence and the nearness of God. The presence of God. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. What? Just so I can be in there? This is great. No, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. To seek Him. To dwell in His presence. To be very present to Him. To know His nearness. That's what David wants, to be with God. After all that he had been through, after, after the shepherd boy had been snatched up and anointed, after, the, you know, he, he, after he, he killed David, the Goliath the giant with a, a sling and a stone, after he had had to run from King Saul and hide in the wilderness and hide in foreign nations, after, after he became the king of, of Jerusalem and he established Jerusalem, the city of God, after all that, after his horrific affair with Bathsheba and his murderous cover-up that we heard about last week, 
after all that. After a, another thing that we haven't even talked about yet. This another horrible mistake. David counted the people. He, he ran a census of the population. You think, well, why is that so bad? Well, you only count the people of the nation of Israel for one of two reasons. There's something David wanted. He either wanted, number one, to tax them, you know. Careful when you're counted, you're going to get taxed, right? Amen. He, ta- he wanted to tax them, at which point you've got to say, David, what's go- what is going on with your heart? Don't you have enough money? No, I want to count the people. I want to get some more. He either wanted to tax them or he wanted to raise up an army out of the people so he could attack neighboring countries and overthrow their land. At which point you've got to say, David, what's going on in your heart? Because we've got all the land that God promised Abraham in the covenants. We've got the borders extended all the way out to exactly what God wants to give us. And he's drawn his lines in good places. Aren't you satisfied? Isn't your heart okay? No, no, no. My heart's not okay. I want more. And I'm going to count the people. And I'm going to prepare to get more and more and more. And God stopped him. Painfully, if you read the story, painfully stopped him. David, what do you want? Do you really want more money? You've got all the money in the world. Do you want more land? Do you want more power? You command armies. Do you want more glory? People sing songs about you. Songs about you. Any of you have people singing songs, you know, about you? That's enough, right? Well, too much. You really want more glory? You really want more power? And what does David say at the end of all that? What does David say in his heart? He says, you know what I want? There's only one thing I want. One thing I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. To be present to God. All the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. What do you want, David? I want peace with God in a world of turmoil. I want God. Now what David's thinking about is he's thinking about that temple he wishes he could build. He's thinking about, or he's thinking about the tent that he can see on the temple mount. And, he's, and what he's imagining is a place, you know, four walls. And what he's saying is, what he's saying in the psalm is, I, King David, with all that I could do, with all the vacation homes and all the places I go, all the traveling I've been, you know what? When it comes down to it, if I could go into that one place and just bask in the presence of the Lord, if I could go into that little inner chamber and just be present to God and know that he's present to me, what David is saying is, I would go in there and sit in that place for the rest of my life just to be with God just to be in his presence. And what he wants, he says, I want a personal relationship with God. He says, Lord, when I call out to you, answer me. Look at verse seven. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. Don't just let my prayers bounce off the the ceiling. I wanna hear you talking to me. I wanna see your face. My heart inside me says, seek the face of God, seek his face. And so I'm resolved, Lord. I will seek your face. What does he want? He wants a face coming out of the shadows, out of the fog. He wants someone to interact with personally, to speak, to to, to talk and and be heard and, and to hear as he talks back he wants a personal intimate relationship with God he says if I could have that I'd give all this away and I'd sit there in that little room just to be with God 
Let me see your face. What Jesus wanted was a personal Savior. He says, if I could have that, I would sit in that one little space for the rest of my life. And what David didn't know was that the Lord was about to turn that temple inside out. Because friends, where is the presence of God now? After Jesus has come, after he died for us on the cross and paid for our sins, after he rose again from the dead and poured out his Holy Spirit on us, where is the presence of God? Where is the holy temple? We are the temple of the living God. With Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We are the temple. And all that David wanted of the presence of God, all that he would sacrifice for to have a personal relationship with God, I'm telling you, it's right here in Jesus Christ. And you can know it today. So I want to talk to you about this card because we're the church. And Ephesians 4.16 says, From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Does its part. And none of you is here by accident, even you at home. God's got a gift for you to use for the upbuilding of his church. And so we want you, you can even do it right now, to, to mark down a few things where you'd be willing to serve and then submit your name, submit yourself to serve the Lord for his glory. And later this summer, you're going to hear from us. We're going to invite you back to Vision Weekend, August 13th, 14th, 15th. We're going to equip you, train you, and set you out to serve the Lord because together we are the temple of God. But friends, you know what else? Alone, individually, by name, You are the temple. You are the temple of God. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are a temple, a dwelling place for the Spirit. David said, build a temple and make that holy place of the Lord and I'll go in there, I'll be consumed by it, I'll give my whole life to that little place. Jesus says, no. You won't be consumed You'll consume me. My body is your bread. My Holy Spirit is a tenant within you. I'll be inside you. And as I'm inside you, wherever you go, you'll know my presence. You'll know my nearness. You'll have my power residing with you. No matter how far you wander, no matter how far you're cast off. So what do you want, David? After all you've seen and all you've tried, after all you've suffered and all you've endured, What do you want? What do you want in your heart of hearts? To know the Lord. I want to give you a moment to know the Lord. Some of you have walked in here dead. You're going to walk out alive. You've walked in empty. You're going to walk out filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Because Christ has come and died on the cross making a perfect sacrifice. Intimacy with God is possible. It's real. It's a reality. You can have all that David was longing for. You can know it right now. As you turn in your deadened life and you receive back again the life that Jesus won for you. I want us to take some time and to be quiet before the Lord and and then I'm going to ask you to pray along with me and make this your prayer. So every 
every soul, every heart. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Let's take this time for you to speak to Jesus. church following after me no one prays alone follow after me and repeat in prayer as we offer our lives to the Lord as we exchange our dead and lives for his one life for the life that is truly life pray after me Lord Jesus you are God my Savior you are my help you are my stronghold Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for me. I give my life to you. Reside in me. Pour out your Holy Spirit over me. And make me a temple of your glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprezcos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.